And so last week, Doctrine 1, we believe that the scriptures of the Old and New Testament were given by inspiration of God, and that they only constitute the divine rule of Christian faith and practice, right? So God gave us the scriptures. In, in Doctrine 2, we learn a little bit more about God. Insight to understand who he is. He is the creator, preserver, and governor of all things. We challenged you last week. You asked how many of you have read the Bible. Where do you start? Right? Someone in the pews in the Bible or on your phones, Genesis. How does Genesis start? In, in the beginning. In the beginning was what? In the beginning, God created. So, you may think it's interesting that we talk about the scripture before we talk about God, right? But the thing is, is the scripture is where we learn about God. And so we understand that, you know what? What we learn in the scripture and who God is, that's from God. That is him revealing himself to us. That he is infinitely perfect, right? What do you think that means? Sinless. Like, you know, you may have a good day. You may do something well. Dare I say, you may even be able to think you are perfect at something. But if you were to stack your level of perfection next to infinitely perfect, well, you come up a little short. A lot of short. He's infinitely perfect, the creator, preserver, and governor. So he's created everything. Genesis 1-1 told us that, right? And we learned last week that we believe in the Bible. So Genesis 1-1 is true. That is God revealing himself and revealing that he has created everything, right? The preserver. He watches over everything, right? Governor. The King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. Right? We use the Bible as a tool, a measuring stick to teach us how to live because that is how he has told us, right? He's our ruler, our governor. that last part. He's the only proper object of religious worship. Now, what does worship mean? When do we worship? What does worship consist of? You know, we start off every service with praise and worship, right? And we may even say our final song, our final part of praise and worship, but does that mean that's where the praise and worship stops? No. 
supposed to praise and worship him during the three songs we sing at church on Sunday? No. But sadly, even Christians, we tend to see praise and worship as a schedule of events title versus a lifestyle. And it's just a part of the program. Right before our prayer concerns and the pastor praying, and right after the call to worship. Oh, wait, we have a call to worship? We have to be called into worship? We schedule worship like we schedule hair appointments and doctor visits. But it's supposed to be so much more. We are worshiping long before we have our call to worship. And long after we sing our last song. What is worship then? When it says he is the only proper object of religious worship, what does that even mean? Webster defines worship as reverence or devotion for a deity. It has to do with attitude. But here's the thing in Webster's Dictionary. This deity that it refers to in the definition of worship, it doesn't denote the level of significance worship should have behind it. It's worship or reverence or respect on the same level we are taught to respect our elders to respect people in authority. But the only proper object of religious worship deserves so much more than no sir, yes sir, right away sir, kind of level of respect. The Bible speaks often on worship. Sometimes, not even using the word itself. Psalms 89, verse 7. In the council of holy ones, God is greatly feared. He is more awesome than all you who surround him. We're introduced to another word here. Part of an attitude of worship. Awe. Psalms 22, 23. You who fear the Lord, praise him. All you descendants of Jacob, honor him. Revere him, all you descendants of Israel. He is worthy of praise and honor. Ecclesiastes 12, 13. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. Learn awe and obedience. Matthew 5 16. In the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. Interestingly enough, we're introduced to a new concept of worship. Worship.
worship revealing itself from our own actions as it reflects upon him. The good deeds and how our good deeds and things that we do are a way to worship him. John 4, 24, God is spirit and his worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. We go back to that word attitude. We know the story of Cain and Abel, right? Cain got mad because Abel's sacrifice was more pleasing to God. It's not because of what they brought. It's about how they brought it. Whose heart was in the right place and whose wasn't. Cain wasn't worshiping God in spirit and in truth. And so what he was bringing was found lacking. Hebrews 10.22 Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. We learn a few things from this scripture in Hebrews. First it says, let us, fellowship of believers. Together we can strengthen one another. Together, we can join together in worship. Together, we can help each other to grow in faith. Together, we can be accountable and keep each other accountable for purity. Deuteronomy 10, 12-13. And now, O Israel, what does the Lord your God ask of you but to fear the Lord your God? to walk in all his ways, to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and to observe the Lord's commands and decrees that I am giving to you today for your own good. We learn all obedience, love, loving him with all of our heart and with all of our soul. Micah 6, 8. He has showed you, O oh man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly, and to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Part of worshiping the Lord is to crave justice as he craves justice. To speak out against injustice. as injustice breaks his heart. To show mercy as he has shown us mercy. And to join together in fellowship. So that we can join together in showing the love of God. We learn characteristics of worship like praise and fear or awe, obedience and service, of the importance of being pure, 
and having fellowship. Fellowship with one another and most importantly, fellowship with God. Are you spending time with him? That is an essential part of worship because if you are not in fellowship with him as part of your worship, then who are you worshiping? What are you worshiping? If any of these things are missing, then we are falling short of worshiping the Lord, the only true and proper object of religious worship. Worship needs to happen in a life that is God-oriented. Colossians 3. Verse 17 and then verse 23 say this. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. 23. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for men. Whatever we are doing, even the simple act of breathing needs to be done as a way of worshiping the Lord, of praising Him, and being in all of Him, of living a life of obedience and service, a life of purity, a life that is oriented around God. and fellowship with him. It's essential that that worship must be God-oriented. Years ago, a popular slogan came out, right? WWJD, anyone remember what that meant? What would you do? What would Jesus do, right? And when it first came out, the whole premise behind it was to get us to think before we made decisions about how Jesus, how God would handle certain situations in our lives. And then we commercialized it, right? It was everywhere. It was on bumper stickers. It was on bracelets. It was on t-shirts, hats. You could find it almost anywhere. People were wearing it who didn't even know who Jesus was. So if they didn't know who he was, why would they care what he thought? Why didn't they care what he would do? They didn't. They bought into a concept. But we should be living our daily lives thinking, how would God handle this? What would God do? What would God want me to do? What does he think about this? We need to be able to recognize sometimes that our priorities are not God's priorities. But that we should strive to realize what is important to him. And 
base our lives and our priorities around those things instead of our things. To put him completely in control and if needed, wait upon him for his provision and his guidance. But let's face it, in today's society, waiting is not something we do well. And in fact, sadly, placing God in charge of all things isn't even something that's acceptable as a whole. In schools, you used to be able to pray and learn about Genesis and the creation. But now we teach them about creation a different way. They teach them through evolution. People study religions. And it has now become acceptable to be spiritual. Which means you don't even have to pick a religion. You can be all of them. themselves, t- 
taking a stance on social issues, if you have ever been influenced and in fact molded it around someone else, even other preachers, if it wasn't coming directly from the Word of God, you were allowing someone else, something else, to influence you in a way that only God should. That's why when I refer to scripture, when we refer to these teachings, we point it out in where? Where do we make you guys go? The Bible! Because what did we learn last week? That that's what God has given us to guide us, right? And if it's from God, then in listening to it and studying it, it is a way of worship. But in today's society, we expect God to measure up to our specifications, not measure up to his. Christians have fallen into a very dangerous practice of mixing God's truth with other world views and other religions. A little bit of this, a little bit of that. Right. Never heard no one, right? Obviously, read the Old Testament. The Israelites did it some of them were contempt for it, and they never even got to enter the promised land. It hurt them. It will hurt us. We talked about a part of worship, an essential part of worship is obedience, right? Of following what is right and wrong and being obedient to those. But when
when we begin to say what is right and wrong and obedient to our own styles of rules. So the question for you today, the first one's the most important one. Do you believe in him, in him alone? For there's no time like now to make that commitment to him, to come to him, to come to Jesus. Jesus has the power to save, the power to free us.
by the things of the world. Maybe it has put a distance that you are just now recognizing between him and yourself. In order to be worshiping him, we need to be in fellowship with him. And can we truly, honestly say in our lives that we know him and who he is? As this music plays, we invite you to take this time
God, you alone are the path to eternal life. Lord, we thank you for this day and for everything that you've done for us. Help us to place you above all things, to worship you, to serve you, to be obedient, to be in service of others in your name. Help us to show your love to others in the world, Lord, that they may know us and look at us and know that we are yours. they may look at us and see us and seek you and see you as you would have them to see you Lord to see you in all your glory they may be able to see your love we pray for the hurting hearts we pray for healing For those divided, we pray for reconciliation. For whatever they are facing, and they may know that you are a bridge. Through you, you are the way, the only way. May we be able to join together in worship of you. We ask these things. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen.